0: Our gospel lesson for today the fourth sunday after epiphany comes from matthew chapter 5 verses 1 through 12. when jesus saw the crowds he went up the mountain and after he sat down his disciples came to him and then he began to speak and taught them saying blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. May the grace and peace of our triune God be yours today and forever. Amen. I can't help but think that the weather this time of year is kind of fickle, isn't it? I mean, it's just kind of a given we have all this back and forth in temperature it snows one day it melts the next we've had fog lately we've had ice we've had some actually really nice days yesterday and now again today but if there's one thing i've noticed through most of the last week this weekend excluded is that there has not been a whole lot of sun has there it's been gloomy it's been cloudy we do get clear days here and there but for the most part in this time of year I think we live the truth of that age-old hymn, perhaps you've heard it before, in the bleak (laughs) midwinter. Admittedly, that's the only line of the hymn I know. (laughs) But the title is true. It reminds me, though, of another song that I often find myself singing, usually about this time of year when we are in this habit of not seeing the sun very often. It's a little adaptation on a familiar song. You might recognize it. The sun will come out eventually. At Least I hope so, cause if not, that's really bad, really bad. By your laughter, I'm guessing most of you recognize the tune that I'm referencing there. You probably know the actual song that it references, the signature song from the musical Annie. Everyone sing it with me, come on. The sun'll come out tomorrow, bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow there'll be sun. Unless the 49ers win. (laughs) Trying to redeem myself from earlier. Isn't that song amazing? I just love it. It just oozes optimism. It's like there's a recognition that maybe today is hard, and maybe things just aren't going my way right now. But regardless of how lousy things are, the sun is going to come up tomorrow. Tomorrow will be a new day, and we can take all of this hard stuff, whatever it is, and just put it behind us. No matter how hard this moment is, we're okay, because this is not the end, and all the junk that is going on, whatever it is, that does not define who I am. That right there, that sensor, that recognition that our lives, our very identity is not defined by the haze that sometimes surrounds us. It's not dictated by the gloominess that sometimes dominates our attention. That sense is where I want to jump into the lesson for today. Matthew chapter 5, commonly known as the Beatitudes, Arguably one of the better known pieces of Jesus' teachings, the beginning of a much larger ministry moment known collectively as the Sermon on the Mount, while Jesus sits down to teach giant crowds who have already started to gather around him. We're still very early in Jesus' ministry. If you were here last week, we heard about the opening portion as he settled down in the northern region of Galilee, and he started calling a few disciples to come along behind him. Since then, not a whole lot more has happened. It's pretty much been more of the same. But fame about him is spreading around Galilee, even over the borders. And we hear that people are bringing the sick to be healed and that they're coming from all different directions just to catch a glimpse of him. They're coming from around Galilee. They're, They're coming from Syria to the north. They're coming from the far side of the sea in the cities known as the Decapolis. They're coming up from Jerusalem in the southern region of Judah, and they're even coming from the area on the far side of the Jordan River. This geography that's spelled out in this little bit of narration that's right before our passage picks up today, it's, it's important and it's worth noting because through that we find that these giant crowds, all of these people who are gathering around Jesus, they're not the same type of people. Now we often tend to think of Jesus' earliest moments in ministry being centered around his fellow Jewish folk, but we find here that's not really the case. It would have been a very large mixture. There were Jews, there were Gentiles, there were people from a wide variety of different cultures and different nationalities, all kinds of different faith practices, you name it. And so as Jesus sits down and he kicks off what is three chapters worth of teaching, a lot of his audience would have been sitting there probably scratching their heads at some of the stuff he's talking about. Even the phrasing that he uses in this earliest portion that we focus on today, even that might have been foreign to quite a bit of his audience. Blessed. It's a loaded word, isn't it? We throw it around a lot, but I find myself wondering, do we know what it really means? It's probably safe to say we would all define this word just a little bit differently. And perhaps it's hard to articulate. Maybe it's hard to put into words, but I think we know it when we feel it, don't we? A sense of blessing, the the peace that comes along with it. We might partner it up with an idea of, of joy or happiness. Those are certainly associated, but it's still hard to define because blessed isn't just something that happens when you sneeze in public and somebody rattles off, bless you, it's more than that. And so perhaps to really begin to wrap our heads around what this word means, we need to think about how Jesus is using it because there's a distinction. Now, he's not using it as a verb. Peter didn't sneeze and he goes, blesses you, Peter. There's something else happening here. What he's actually doing is using this word as a statement of identity almost like a name these individuals these types of people these people who are having a specific type of experience in their lives if they were wearing a name tag they would say blessed one that's the case through all nine of the different statements known as the beatitudes that we hear today now i want you to bear with me we're going to have a little bit of an english lesson sorry we're going to school today The specific language and tense and the sensibility within the Beatitudes is vital to really understanding what's happening here. For starters, every one of the statements begins the same, with that identity, that name that the person embodies right now in the present tense, blessed are. That same way all the way through, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the mourning and the meek. Blessed are those hungering and thirsting for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful and the pure in heart and the peacemakers. And finally, blessed are those who are persecuted and singled out because of the name of Jesus. They are blessed right now. If we look at the very first statement, blessed are the poor in spirit. And why? Well, Jesus tells us. Because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We're still present tense, aren't we? The kingdom is here now. And Jesus has told us that. It's already among us. And those who are blessed are blessed because the kingdom's already here. If we move on, we see the next batch leads into the future. Blessed are those who mourn now. They will be comforted. They will, the meek will inherit the earth. That trend continues. Jesus tells us we are blessed with a future result. As I think about that, yeah, I think it's a bit of a head scratcher, but I also think maybe Annie has this whole thing figured out a little bit. That sense that maybe things are lousy in this moment, and maybe it feels like I can't catch a break, or the world's ending, Or the world has it in on me, but the sun will come out tomorrow. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think Jesus is giving us some sort of self-help advice here. It's not like he's saying buck up because it's not that bad. It's not feel-good drivel. That's not what Jesus is about. He's not denying that lousy stuff goes on. He's not denying that as we grow in our faith and we get more outspoken about the brokenness that we see in the world, when we follow the prompting of the spirit that lies within us to point out things like injustice and inequality or ways that the powerful take advantage of the marginalized, he doesn't deny it that they're going to start taking pot shots at us when we do that. Jesus is not saying all that stuff's just going to go away. He's just reminding us that in the midst of all the junk that is a reality in our existence it doesn't define us we are blessed because we have a god that desires to be with us and who is continually found with those who get pushed to the margins now even if it's hard to see i think that it's possible to see these little glimmers of the kingdom that is already among us in many different ways We see it when individuals step out of their comfort zones and reach out to those who are experiencing life in the margins, lives that the world might discount or throw away. We see it in those moments that we talk about over and over as we reflect the light of Christ that shines among us. Now, when we do this, we might discover that the world doesn't like it. The world might even strike out against those who are willing to live their lives differently, their lives in this way, But Jesus reminds us that when we do live our lives in a way that reflects this new way of love and joy and acceptance, a life that is lived in the reality that we're all on the same page, a life lived in the reality that despite our wealth or prestige or power or authority, or the car we drive or the clothes that we wear or the restaurants we go to, or the number of likes on our Instagram picture, or the shares on Facebook or retweets on Twitter, all of that stuff is a mask to the fact that we are all broken and we are flawed and we are sinful and we all fall short of the glory of God. We all fail ourselves, we fail each other, but thanks be to God that God knows that about us and that's why God took on flesh in the first place to come near to us in a way that we can see despite that brokenness. God came with us to be with us as one of us so that we can hear him and we can touch him, so we can record his words and teachings, we can remember the miracles, and that when the dark powers of this world chose to lash out against him and tried so hard to snuff out that shining perfect light of Jesus, we profess that not even death could manage that. When we think about that amazing aspect of the gospel, Maybe we've got to come back around to Annie's song one more time with another little tweak. I imagine Good Friday was pretty gloomy when Jesus died. But God's light will come back on Sunday. Bet your bottom dollar that on Sunday we see the sun. Jesus even hints at that very point today. Blessed are the pure in heart. They will see God. Life's not perfect. We all know it. The gospel, the scripture, the Bible, it's honest about that. And God sure as heck knows it. Jesus professes it. But despite the brokenness of this world and of each one of us, we have been claimed by the one who names us blessed one. Amen.